Good evening, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Today, we'll talk about a game that didn't happen and a game we wish didn't happen as we discuss the St. Louis City SC postponed game against FC Dallas and the loss in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup to Chicago Fire. It's a lot to cover, and we'll touch on the Premier League as well, so let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. Happy good evening to you all. It is May 11th, which I believe is a Thursday, but who can keep track anymore? What is it's time? A thurs- it's a Thursday here on the East Coast. What day is it in, in uh, Missouri, guys? Is it's it a like Thursday. Yeah, it's still a Thursday. Monday? Oh, is that how that works? Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought you went an hour and a day back when you were time zones, <laughs> but apparently it, might, it just feels like it. That's right. You were listening to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. You'll note, if you're a clever listener, that Soccer Talk Lads actually abbreviates to STL, mm-hmm. which is shorthand for the city. Of not Seattle. everyone not everyone knows that. You would think That's that right. more people so, would, but not everybody sneaky knows. little, <laughs> Sneaky little wordplay we did there when we named this thing. So uh, my name is Stephen Ground. I'm joined by uh, Ian Peters. Ian, how are you doing this evening? I am dry it rained today but it didn't rain on me that's right because don't let the sun go down on on ian or something and justin <laughs> quickly you've got credentials you tell us how you're doing uh it's humid out i'm not as dry as ian i just went for a walk before the podcast and it is like it's like sitting on your skin man that's, that's how right. humid it is. I like the tank top it's tank top season baby. it is sun's out I guns busted out. one of those out the other day humidity like, oh, out let's go guns out. yeah it's it's tank top season I'm uh, I'm also dry, but I don't have dry sockets. So is that possible in Florida? Like there are times. Where, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think that's possible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you just take shitty care of a dental procedure. Oh, oh you mean being dry? Uh, Either no, way, it's not really. It's hot and <laughs> shitty out here too. But you know, it's fine. I'm used to it. You just get. It's just what it is. You know. You hmm. just kind of. You're just various stages of hot all the time. That's right. You just accept it. Except yeah, you'll never be dry and cool ever again. That's right. There are things that I'm struggling to accept, though, and that's the lackluster performance of St. Louis City SC Ew. lately. Um, they have played one game, technically, since we um, last spoke, but they started two games. Uh, they are on a, a two-game all-competitions losing streak uh, they did not officially play FC Dallas on the weekend, which was a game that was postponed due to weather. And then they lost in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup in the mm. round of 32 to the Chicago Fire, making all of our worst nightmares come true. Uh, Justin, where would you like to start with these two games? Uh, yeah, I guess we can. Let's uh, let's do a little compliment sandwich so we can talk about the Dallas game first, because I thought it was actually decent. They didn't score, but... Like, I thought the play was better. And then uh, we can talk about the disaster that was losing to Chicago. All right. Talk to us about the Dallas game first, why don't you? Yeah. It's so like an open-faced sandwich, by the way. This sounds very open-faced. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Will there be a compliment on the other side? Who's to say? Well, that's because they fell on their open face or something. I don't know. Something, Listen, something it's been that. a weird couple of days. You just, you just got, you guys were just around. We're loose, boys. We're loose. Um, yeah. So they come into this game in a four-four-two diamond, which is like a slightly different formation than what we've seen for them. Uh, Miguel Perez seems like he is a starter now. Like, we'll see with. Seems like Blom, of course, if he's healthy, will is the starter there. But Miguel Perez is making it hard for him to not be in the lineup. So they went with. Perez, Vasilev, Ludwig, and Ostrak in the midfield, and then Pompeu and Joachini up top, um, which I think was interesting. Like, we can get into this in the tournament game, but I feel like they desperately miss a target striker, which is by the name of Zhao Klaus. But understandably, when one of your DPs is missing for an extended period of time, I think the run of play is going to be not as good. Um, this game is a scoreless draw as of now they'll restart it from the 50th minute in what do we say june 7th is that what is that what they said june 7th uh which falls between a sunday or saturday and sunday game which actually is like common sense worked out but as far as this game goes i thought they actually looked pretty good um they definitely did a good job stifling dallas maybe they were not as good going forward but I don't know. I guess I'm not that worried about it, knowing like the circumstances around the attack that just hasn't been looking good. Like, what did you guys think of the first half? I guess we can talk about. I mean, I thought they looked good. I thought they looked better than they did in the previous game uh, without Klaus, right? Like, I thought they mm-hmm. had adapted a little bit better to that, but it does still feel like you're saying like they're missing their primary attacker and they don't quite know what to do without him i mean is he supposed to be back next week so he's out on saturday and yeah like okay. next week i think is the, the expected return because cardell initially said that he'd be at, like off the bench available but then today they said he's not so i guess it's just making sure he's 100 so when he comes a back. massive setback right um, yeah. <laughs> a massive setback. although Absolutely. to be fair with any with him, with class i suppose any setback yeah any any sort of setback, setback. A massive setback i think it's just like it's a minor muscle injury which it doesn't like have a set timetable for recovery was it like his calf or something i'm trying his to remember what he was like favoring groin i believe groin. i think it was the same injury that blom had Favoring is growing. Um, we'll see. I don't want to jump ahead at all, but you would think that playing Chicago this Saturday, it wouldn't really be that much of an issue that you're missing Klaus. And then we already kind of look at that and we'll get to get to it. But like I I still think it shouldn't be an issue come Saturday that they're missing him. Like I still think they should be able to beat them without mm-hmm. Klaus, but it is something where I'm like, I want them to find something that works without him just because I don't know he's a big lumbering guy and I feel like he's he takes up a lot of space and can be like an easy target and and go down pretty hard and it just feels like this is something that you're gonna have to possibly deal with later on in the season too or something Mm -hmm. so I just would like them to have a more established plan b or something that works better for them because as of now it just feels kind of neutered yeah, like I think that plan B was Sam and Deneron, and then like circumstances <laughs> just didn't work said, out. Oh, not an MLS <laughs> player, but bye. Yeah. Um, 
But I thought they looked better from like a defensive standpoint this game, at least. Like they were actually winning ball or this half a game, I should this game that didn't actually happen. <laughs> they were winning balls up the field more, which was something they had been struggling in the past couple of games. So it seemed like intensity wise, and like in the Chicago game, I think you can say that like intensity wise, defensively they were there. Oh yeah. I feel like they move it up the field fairly well too. It just kind of like that last quarter of the field is sort of like where they're creativity kind of dies a little bit yeah. or it's just kind of like they i feel like they're better uh moving up the field and like attacking quickly and like a counterattack rather than like when they try and set up it's like uh oh this is now slowed to a standstill i was thinking about that today because i feel like they have a lot of guys who are good complementary pieces and like even joe keeney like i think he's a really good player but i just don't think he can be like a standalone striker he needs a guy like klaus to play off of and play in between Mm -hmm. those spaces but like on his own he's not the guy that can create something out of nothing like klaus can but you're not that guy david you're not that guy (laughs) not that guy i wonder Uh, if this is just like something where set pieces become a bigger deal then like the fact that they use leuven as like their corner kick guy as their set piece guy that like okay now you know i don't i don't know if teams ever try to to generate set pieces on purpose but like i just feel like it they've just become more important because that's kind of your your next one-two punch of a guy that's there as your other dp that you can generate offense from that guy can play some pretty balls too that's right steven steven (laughs) yeah um that is true i won't argue with that but um yeah i mean i think I think I echo a lot of what you guys have said. I'm not, I'm especially with the Dallas game. We'll talk about the other game here momentarily, but like, there's just not enough to read into that much one way or the other. I don't Mm. think they looked especially inspired and amazing and incredible in the first 50 minutes or whatever we watched. Um, But I don't think they look bad necessarily either. So, um, you know, that's, that's about where I'm at. Hopefully they get the three points or at least hold on to the one point and they play in a couple weeks and good to go. Good to go. Yeah. If you look at the like momentum stats, like it was a pretty, as we can kind of go into just the, not that it matters since the game still has to be played, but <laughs> expected goals were even 0.47 to 0.44. Uh, both teams had a big chance. Both teams had some shots on goal. City had nine total shots to Dallas's five um, fouls committed. City committed 10 fouls to Dallas's four. So they're definitely getting aggressive and mixing things up. Um, City had three corners to Dallas's one. So it was a game that was definitely back and forth. And Dallas is a good team. And they've been a good team for a while. So like I think it's maybe a little bit reassuring that they hung with Dallas in that way and have a chance to see this game out when it does resume and on the road against a team that has been like one of MLS's perennial playoff teams. So I don't know. I draw some positives there. It'll be interesting to see where both teams are come June 7th, you know, Mm -hmm. like just like see who's on the up and up or if they're both still playing well or not. Um, I'm assuming if Klaus is hopefully by then back that they just like sub him (laughs) sub him in quick or something. I just think it's funny that they have to keep the same lineup but then it's like, all right, quick subs. I guess you'll just see what happens as the game progresses and then maybe it takes a quick a quick downturn you like start to try and bring them in faster maybe you don't disrupt anything right off the bat it's like it's such a long 
fucking season. Like you can lose a game in May and like have your striker back healthy. I think that's okay. I'm not. I'm concerned because I don't want to lose to Chicago, and I will uh, be very distraught and depressed if they do lose to Chicago again. But points are points, Justin. Points, points, are, points, are, points. are points. That's true. Points are points, and you can win four games and be like go from the bottom of the table to the top in this league. So you can go on a run. That's right. It's all about parody. <laughs> Don <laughs> Garver <laughs> loves him some parody. All right. Do we want to move on to the depressing portion of this? I don't want to, honestly, <laughs> but I guess we have to. Yeah, and then it got worse. Go ahead and, and lead us, could. Justin. All right. So big story this week. Chicago fired beat st louis city sc two to one in the round of 32 us open cup to knock them out of the cup before the round of 16. and we were there uh, and then we weren't we were there and then we weren't and i'm a little bit sad about it i gotta say and it was like it was one of those games too where and i wrote about this for area it's like it's a frustrating game in that they looked like the better team but the results weren't there and like the mistakes that you make and both goals come off like crazy mistakes. The first one is a like long headed clearance that they're kind of switched off on and Hill Selassie is able to like get in behind and just beats Ben Lunt. And then the second goal is a ball that's played back to Ben Lunt and he tries to play it instead of booting it long and it comes into the second goal. And like they are able to get the first goal late after a period of intense possession and a lot of momentum but then you keep it too late and you can't find that equalizer again and just like mistakes that cost you and it's frustrating i feel like they were from what i watched in the second half of that i feel like st louis was kind of what we were saying before like good at staying and getting into their attacking zone, but like there just wasn't much to generate from that. Like I felt like they, they did a good job of pressing, but or like being in that zone, but they didn't necessarily do a good job of like generating like A plus opportunities. Mm. And it felt like at points they were looking for something really big when they could have made like an easier play and, or like a more direct play, let's say. And it just felt like they were doing that all game. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was frustrating just because from, from what I know, Chicago Fire is not that great. No. Just got, no. just got rid of their manager. Um, like, but you were right. They got the bump, I guess. Like, that's what was the <laughs> bump. They said, to hell, we will play better. Um, even though it seems like from every Chicago Fire fan, he was not the problem, or he, he may have been part of the problem, but is not the no, sole like, or largest problem. Yeah. So I guess. We can talk about that heading into the game, heading into this week. Ezra Hendrickson, who had been their coach, is fired. And the Frank Kloppis, the guy that is interim manager, was interim manager the last time that they fired a coach. So it's <laughs> very interesting that Familiar territory. they keep firing managers and not firing the guy that creates the roster. But like, it's just not a well-put-together team. And like they have good players. Brian Gutierrez is amazing and he's you know a 19 year old homegrown so like your best players come from their academy and they're very good at using their academy but they have steven close your ears they uh missed on zerdan shakiri pretty bad it seems like that guy is operating on like 25 percent capacity i think steven you yeah, watched him at liverpool uh what was the game like for you <laughs> how do you feel 
He's I not seeing him as a shell of his former self. He's not great. Um, I feel like he's a guy though that was never. I, at least at Liverpool, he was not used to be the star player. Now he's obviously done it for Switzerland in the World Cup at the very highest level. So it's hard to say that the man can't be a play driver or a central uh, player. But um, you know the way Jurgen Klopp used him, he was a kind of a super sub guy who came on in key moments and drove play when he had a lot of energy and the other players didn't. Um, also, I mean, how old is he now? Probably 30-ish. He is 31, making $8.5 million this season. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> uh, that's a problem for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not heartbroken. I love, I love Shakiri for what he did and at Liverpool, but, um, you know, it is, it is what it is, I guess. Hmm. The second he signed for Chicago, he was dead to me. I know it's not that to you, but he was to me. So just so you know, just so you're aware. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> their, their other DPs, like, are they not playing well either? Like, it seems like if, you're, if your DPs suck, you're kind of... Like, they've, they've missed on their DPs. Like, dry. Pretty spectacular. So, like, guessed on him and as, as an extension this year, that makes him not a DP anymore, but... Like as a DP, he was very bad and they've not done well with their designated players. They like have sold. So they sold Dagas Lanina last year. They've sold like academy players. They've done well with their academy players, but it's like turning that into a roster has not worked well for them. And then like you look at what City was able to do in this tournament game and like their best player were, was Leuven, who is their one DP now, Miggy Perez, who was an 18 year old who was like not sure what academy he was going to play for last year Mm -hmm. i guess two years ago um and then very young unproven attackers so like i think your read on that is righty and then that like they had a lot going forward but they just didn't have that final goal and like your your final touch that does work is a corner that like almost goes in on its own that maybe Perez is able to just shoulder (laughs) in Uh, not great from an attacking perspective that's for sure yeah, I definitely felt like one of those things where I'm like, this feels winnable. This feels like yeah. a very winnable game that just, that I don't know, as simple as you just lost because you don't have the scoring touch right now. Um, and like you said, and then there's there's just a handful of mistakes and they end up being costly ones that end up in the back of your net. Um, what's our, 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 back, our backup, our second tier, whatever goaltender that's not Roman Berkey? Uh, ben Lunt, uh, who I don't know, like Michael Creek also, but like, I don't know if Creek moves up ahead of Lunt because of how rough, I don't know, like <laughs> shot stopping wise is good, but like obviously playing with his feet, that was an issue in this game. Yeah. Yeah. That was insane. It looked, it looked that was bad. Rough. That was like, uh, you hate to pin a loss on a guy, but that was a bad, bad giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't also, know. I don't know what he's doing there. Honestly. Also to me, it's like, I think you when you have a, a number one goalie who's such an important part of your team, hmm. your number yeah. two should model his play style. And obviously Berkey is a guy who's very much of the kind of quote unquote sweeper keeper, yeah. you know, move the ball out kind of style. I know sweeper keeper is kind of an antiquated term because everybody does that now, but you know what I'm saying? Like very much in that move the ball 
but there's like he, no but you're right steven in that there's like part a, of the attack you know there's a thing where like everyone wants their goalkeeper to play with their feet now yeah. and not every goalkeeper is but not every goalkeeper is going to be able to do that <laughs> exactly like there's guys that are doing that like allison is obviously hmm. probably the best in the world at it but you know there are other examples of guys that that's the focus of their goalkeeping and maybe the shop stopping is not you know with allison i would say obviously one of the best goalies in the entire world at everything but like clearly the shot stopping is a tier behind the ball movement only because the ball movement is so hmm. elite, you know? So like, um, and I think not... like to your point, Steven, that's what people not say discount, but don't pay enough attention to is like Berkey is kind of one of the premier ball drivers on this team, as mm. far as like getting the ball down the field and Luntz obviously isn't that. And like, uh, I can't get over. Well, and I think, sorry, go ahead. No, I, was, I can't get over that play of like why the ball gets passed back to you. You don't just like boot it instead of mm -hmm. with three defenders around you. Try to, I don't know, was he trying to dribble through them or what he was trying to do exactly? But I do think too, with when you look at a team that's such a high pressing team as we are and trying to drive mm -hmm. that, drive the attack, you know, drive the defense deep into their own zone, having that, as we talk, we've talked about before, Berkey is so high on the vertical yardage added like verticality that, baby having that element is so huge and so to replace him with someone and I'm, again i'm not saying it's all loon's fault i don't think the team looked especially good but having that vertical element and and or versus missing it in this game can make the difference certainly between a goal you know given away as he arguably did more than arguably did and the example we're talking about versus like a goal that we could have scored on a point breaking the other way or yeah so i just think it's part of the puzzle it's bad it was a failure i don't so, know <laughs> after uh, the loss obviously stings especially given that it's against um yeah. chicago fire but that's the the perils of a single elimination tournament um with that in the rearview mirror now we talked about the panic meter last week i think mm -hmm. i was a three um where are we at now and ian i don't think we got yours because you weren't here last week so how could we have uh but where would you say your panic meter is at this juncture on a i mean one to ten with the knowledge wow just go ahead and jump in justin <laughs> we called on ian and you're just jumping out. did you call out the credentials did you call on ian i thought you were just Jesus. throwing it out there i no, thought this was ahead, open to anyone no it's no, already, ian, no, it's ian, already no it's already done go ahead ian, justin ian go ahead ian go ahead um four <laughs> <laughs> fuck ian could you answer with some confidence jesus um i mean this i'm guy. not it's a three i'm not panicked i mean I, they're missing klaus they're they're gonna they're gonna drop games they weren't always gonna be you know no losses no draws or just win out the season so like it bothers me that they lost to chicago and their first run against chicago it's also just kind of sucks that they've had a game that they couldn't even finish so it just feels like it's been a long time since like a win um even though it hasn't really been two losses it's sort of just felt as such um and then having to play chicago again it is kind of a feeling of like okay well now you saw what they were you saw mm -hmm. what you need to be able to beat them i really hope you beat them on saturday but if you don't 
I guess I'm not overly panicked, but I'm a little annoyed. I'm kind of like, oh, come on now. This isn't a good team. And I know we're down class, but you should be able to make adjustments to beat them, certainly. Yeah. And I think yeah. kind of the Steven's point, if they have if they have Berkey in, then I kind of feel like that just adds to this team's cohesion and everything as well. Yeah, I think it, it's a different story if Berkey starts that game. I really do. Berkey is not technically a designated player, right? Right, because he was a he was a free transfer, so they didn't pay a transfer fee on him. So it's like I believe the DP threshold is two point four million, and he's on one point something. So yeah, he's a he's just a TAM player, which is good. It's that. good that love like that TAM. Yeah, a guy that important like isn't a DP, which I think helps. Oh yeah, for sure. Down the line, where now they can bring we're in a Bobby team anywhere. That's right. We don't have designated Maybe. players, even though we have two designated players. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Justin, now would you please share your ranking on no. the panic meter? No, I will not. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I think uh, I think I'm in a similar boat as Ian in that, like the caveats for why this team, why their vibes are trending downward, uh, and that like Klaus and all being hurt. And Klaus, I think, is like just such a big part of this team. And like any designated player in this league is a big part of this. You know, any team. There are very few teams that can play without it, their designated player or at least one of their designated players for a extended period of time and play well. It's just like the nature of designing a roster around like three specific players, right? But that being said, like there is some positive in that Blom comes back and he looks pretty good. Like that's, I think we haven't seen that much of him and I think he can make a big impact on this team. So I have some positives there. Miggy Perez was probably the best player on the pitch in that game. Um, he had 10 passes into the final, or not 10, he had 20 passes into the final third, which is just like an insane stat from that game. Uh, so he's just turning into a regular MLS contributor, which is not something that you thought you were going to have at the start of the season. So the problem being, of course, that they don't have a striker. Like your other target striker is Caden Glover, who is again another young kid who hasn't exactly been lighting it up at City Two, and you don't want to like put him in such a high stress situation when you're trying to bring him along slowly. So I don't know if my panic meter has necessarily gone up as much as I am angry and frustrated about losing to Chicago. Like I think it could maybe ship a two, couple of losses in May. Um to make you stronger as you get into the summer transfer window and the end of the season. That being said, long, long story short, uh, I think I'm at a four on the panic meter. So when you go, and that's an eight. <laughs> anyway, I'm at about a 10 on the panic meter. Shaking. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I no need to, no need to overly rehash the things you guys said. I'm no, Steven. To, the four is yours. I'm rehash. about a three or four too. Um, <laughs> and you know, I think, we can make the jokes about the designated team thing, obviously. Um, but I do think even, even to the extent that that's true. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's untrue in the sense that we are very, we're a team oriented team, you know, we're a structural yeah. team and we play as a, as a unit. Um, that's still we are, a, we team, are a team. As Pierre right, Dorian, Pierre once, Dorian said. once said, uh, we, <laughs> that's still a team and a unit and a structure that is built around having Klaus in the attack and we don't. So like, as you mentioned earlier, like Joachini is a good player. He's a better player when he's playing off of Klaus mm. and they're able to make those threats. Uh, Klaus is not 
obviously he's your biggest goal scoring threat in and of itself. And we're struggling to score goals. So that's one, one part of the equation, but also because he's your biggest goal scoring threat, he's not, he's drawing defenders away from other things that are happening on the field. He's causing chaos in the back line. He's making runs on corner kicks and set pieces that other players aren't making. Like it's not that hard. You know, if we were, (laughs) if we were suddenly losing games six to two or, you know, five to one, or just didn't have any attack at all, um, that would be really upsetting, but having a couple of two to one losses, um, it sucks. It feels like that union Omaha game was like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't even know. Oh, if I'm... So fine. Yeah. So fine. I don't even know if I'm at a three or four. I feel like, I feel like I'm almost at like a two. I just don't. Know, if Klaus's injury was more severe. Yeah, I would be a lot more worried, I guess, because I, I don't know how we can replace him until <laughs> the summer transfer window, you know? Yeah. Um, and Bobby Bobby Chomper's rumors are interesting only because he's such a different player to Klaus. But I guess the thinking is, like, you don't want to sign two guys to play the same role. Chompers would play more the like the Giacchini role almost, you know? And, and Yeah, or like and, he could even play, like, if they were to go to like a... 532 or something right. when Nielsen comes back. Like I think Yeah. I mean I think I think uh Firmino is, you know, obviously most famous as kind of that false nine, like deep lying playmaker, you know, who I think would be a, a really good compliment. Which like to yeah, makes me feel bad for Joachini how he would yeah. be kind of a Joachini replacement. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I mean if you get the opportunity, I think you gotta take it, you know, and Joachini would still his, uh, want it. his presence looms large over this podcast. That's right. Yes. Um, but all of that is to say, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not that worried yet. I will say also, they have like a pretty favorable run of games coming up. Uh, four straight home games after Chicago, where they play SKC, Vancouver Whitecaps, Houston Dynamo, then LA Galaxy, which like three of the four teams are hopeless at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> and let us not forget, we're still talking about an expansion team that's second in the Western Conference at 19 points with mm-hmm. a game in hand on first place who's only at 20 points. Um again, if if any as it, I don't want to repeat this line all season, but if anyone had offered you this positioning at this juncture yeah. of the season, we all would have taken it sight unseen. So like, you know, there's a little Little, little early to be pushing the panic button, in my opinion. But hey, this is not, you know, people who are fans of our other podcasts in this illustrious podcast network will not be used to reasonable, you know, modest takes from yours truly. But this is a time for reserve and calm, I would say. Mm. But as long as we're talking about panic meters, Justin, how panicked are you about Man United? I mean, it's inevitable. They're going to drop out of the <laughs> top four. I've already That's accepted true. it, so there's no panic there. You know, okay. it's like Fair enough. it's like acceptance. It's they, like a sort of a zen, like a, yeah, you've reached nirvana, and so you can't even. Like you they're know. not, they're not gonna finish the Champions League spot. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm like with City too. You know, I'm I'm not as invested as I once were in Manchester United because I actually have a team to watch on a weekly basis that's not uh, across the pond and speaking a language that I don't understand. Um, I I have to say this, and obviously I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, obviously. Obviously, I've talked about that plenty, plenty on this podcast. But like, I think there's genuinely a sense in which if if Jurgen Klopp manufactures a Champions League finish out of this season, given where he was, whatever six weeks ago, I think they won six in a row. Whatever it was, it might be the most impressive coaching accomplishment he's had 
I remember a certain co-host of this podcast being absolutely distraught about this Liverpool team. Because they were terrible. (laughs) And nothing has changed. I mean, they've gotten Luis Diaz back. They've gotten Diogo Jada back. That's huge. I mean, you can't underestimate that. But like... But nothing's changed. Shush, you don't that, uh, to me. that Arsenal. Nah, 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 nah. That like, no, Arsenal no. really did like power it. I feel like that once they yeah. figured out that Arsenal were yeah. frauds, they're like, we should be in this. And obviously, I mean, the, their back half of the season has been, um, has been uh, w- weaker competition. But also, I think, I think I heard somewhere that like if they, if they win the nine games in a row or whatever it would be to get to the end of the season, which I, I personally think they will. I don't think mm. they'll drop points. Those are very winnable games. Um, yeah. yeah. But if they, that would be yeah nine in a row to reach the home stretch. I think they, I think I heard that that would be the longest winning streak of any premier league team this year. You know, nine would be, let's um, see. Let me look at Manchester city. Yeah. It might be, I might be wrong, but I heard something along that line. It certainly would be the longest winning stretch of Liverpool season. And that's a, what, that's a fourth of a season. That's 25% of a season, right. That you won in a row. So, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's very fascinating to me to see them according to 538, they've climbed to a 28% chance of making the champions league, um, with, you know, obviously, um, Newcastle almost certain and man, you being the team that, Seems the most likely to drop points. Liverpool have Leicester, uh, Villa, and Southampton uh, coming up now. Most of those are, two of those are on the road. Only Villa is at home, but you could argue, also argue that Villa is the hardest of those opponents, Mm. you know? So I don't think you could argue. I mean, I think you pretty much have to say that Villa is the hardest of those opponents. So if you were going to host one, um, you would want to host them. Um, Southampton have nothing to play for now. Uh, Leicester have a lot to play for this week, but they're also bad. Um, so uh, are Southampton officially relegated? I think they are, right? Let's they have see. 24 points. I guess if they yeah, won yeah, out, yeah. they could theoretically. Yeah, I guess they're not. like mathematically not 100%. Yeah, but, but if they drop points this weekend. They will be the the time they played Liverpool on the last weekend. Yeah, because they play full this weekend and they're not going to get points off that. Yeah. I mean, I think the the one thing that concerns me is that Man United have um, four games left to uh, Liverpool's three, but one of those games is against Arsenal, um, which I, it's hard to imagine they beat. Arsenal is or no, that's a that's a sorry, that's a summer game. So never mind. But one of those that's those fake. games are Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Fulham. Um, Fulham will have a lot to play for in the last season. I don't know. Could it happen? Yes, it definitely could happen. Could Mance you went out and put an end to it? I think <laughs> here's what I think is gonna happen with Manchester United. I think they'll go Tell two us. wins, two losses. So like if Liverpool went out, then they'd pass them. Because I think I think United will lose to Wolves. I think they'll beat Bournemouth, they'll beat Chelsea, and then they'll lose to Fulham. So that's my that's my read on on these final four games. So if that works out for Liverpool, so be it. Um, and they may even only beat Chelsea. I'm not convinced that they can beat bad teams right now. That's fair. 
That's fair. They look like, um, I don't know. They, it's just a weird, they have a weird thing going on in that they like feel like they're barely squeaking by teams that they should be just running through, but they've lost mm-hmm. a Brighton one, nothing. They've lost a West Ham one, nothing. And like Marcus Rashford has kind of completely disappeared. And earlier this year, he was probably the best goal scorer in the league for a moment. So mm-hmm. like that kind of regression to the mean, because we kind of know what Mike Rashford is at this point, like not to say that Eric Ten Hag can't unlock things out of some players. Cause he obviously has that ability, but they are still in the process of rebuilding that like Frankenstein roster that they have. They just like spend way too much money on pointless things. That's my, that's my yeah. thoughts on Manchester United. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, but this was really one of the best endings to uh, Premier League season I can remember in a while. It got tension at all three kind of mm. key inflection points, if you will, in the standings. Um, you've got, you know, Liverpool pushing uh, for that fifth spot, fourth Champions League spot. You got, not, uh, to, not Tottenham so much. Uh, Tottenham trying point. to hang on to an Europa League spot, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Ian not listening to that to us as he just gets <laughs> fucking daggered. Um, and then you've got a about like 19 teams that could be relegated by my count. So who's um, who's the saddest team to get relegated? Like who are you most sad about seeing go to get relegated? I I honestly I really don't want to see either Leicester or Leeds go. Leeds is probably saddest to me just because it's got all the American guys mm. and Jesse Marsh was there. I don't want to see Brendan Aaronson in the championship. Team, Leicester's a team that I really like. Um, and obviously they had that incredible run. And, you know, of course, it's been most of a decade ago now. I think that was, what, 2016? So that's seven years, seven, eight years. But um, I just don't want to see a team like that fall out mm. of grace you know i mean they'll always have those memories and those moments and obviously i don't think if they get relegated they'll be relegated for very long but it's just sad that they couldn't you know use a a literal premier league title to at mm. least get into that tier of clubs who are kind of relevant and like for, they you know? were i feel like they were pushing it for a while and like <laughs> yeah just this season the wheels kind of fell off it's like when you hold on to players for like one season too long, this feels like uh-huh. that. Like they just didn't turn over this. It's this almost. Round. It's almost like, uh, and I'm gonna go out on a limb here. It's uh-huh. almost like Brendan Rodgers is a fucking terrible manager. <laughs> yeah, um, almost. There's a, like, you know? I love how Premier like they'll bring someone into the Premier League who's had success at like Rangers or Celtic and be like, he's won. Uh-huh this many titles in this guy's yeah, really it's, like, it's okay. like yeah but if you coach rangers or celtic you kind of should be judged on it's literally just a freaking coin like flip how much, you right? do in europe yeah and not how you do in the scottish championship because they also spend like an astronomical amount compared to all the other scottish yeah. premiership right. teams as much of a as much of a battle as i'm sure saint johnstone gives them every year <laughs> you know the uh, ross counties of the world yeah um, but in any case, uh, the Dundee yeah, Uniteds. What, what's your answer to that question? Who would you be most sad to see? I'd be sad about Leicester, I think, like for sure. Uh, that's a team, like I said, that's like has kind of done everything the smart way up until like the last couple of seasons and just kind of sucks the way that things have gone for them. And like, I think there's some behind the scenes reasons why. Um, there's a good TIFO video out right now just talking about 
how their ownership doesn't have as much money as they thought they would have access to for the team just based on the global economy and everything. Um, and they kind of went away from signing like young players that they could resell like down the line to bigger teams potentially and brought in some age, not aging players, but like more prime year players with Premier League experience that just didn't quite, quite yeah, work out. Yeah, people who are like, 24 or 25 like most of their good years are behind them that kind of <laughs> yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. uh no I love soccer ones. it's great it makes me feel good about myself when you're 31 and you're just like toast you know mm-hmm. but you got i don't know who i'd be happy to see go like besides them like if everton go i don't think i'm necessarily happy about everton getting relegated like nottingham forest maybe because i don't really have a a connection to them although i'll say this it's about time for southampton i'll say that much <laughs> they're the team i feel like that's been just kind of clinging to it for years you know yeah. and then um not even for us bringing in kayla navas uh that makes some relegation proof for me i think that's I, right I, I don't want to say see him get relegated exactly um ian who do you want to see get relegated besides tottenham <laughs> oh, fucking kill me um everton get everton out of here that's what i say i say only one like, liverpool team they they won a game last week so they are so i've heard <laughs> um, no i mean it's i think southampton yeah the three that are in the relegation spaces is the one that's the most like whatever so yeah um, so, I like Le- I like Leeds for their jerseys and jersey colors. I think yeah. they got some some sick jerseys. Leicester, yeah, just kind of sad to go from from high to low just like that, even though it's been a little while. But what is this, Steve? What are you showing me? This is this is I love these charts they have on the on soccer Wikipedia's, but this is Southampton's uh, finish mm. in ever since joining the Premier League. They've been in the Prem for a decade now, since 2012. Um, but I love this. I just like this. They must have gotten a new ownership here, right? Because it's just like a straight climb. I think they had the like the, they just had like a table. golden generation of academy players. That yeah, I guess wow. they had uh, Van Dyke and Mane and a bunch of guys that were <laughs> yeah. pretty good. I love how but, old these teams are. I love it. I love yeah, I love the one of the brains. There's a World War II. a pre World War Two grab. Yeah. It's I like was um, on one. I was on Celtic. Oh yeah, here it is. Pre World War One for St. Johnstone. I love seeing this. And like, I was uh, playing a Celtic save in my FIFA game. And it's like established in 1888, and like the MLS broadcast, they'll like put the established date like in the logo, and it's like St. Louis City established 2023. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, or 2022. That sounds like we were on the moon. Are you? You're managing Celtic. Oh yeah, in my FIFA save. Yeah, I, I started with DC United I, competition. I won. Oh, you a couple do what of, I do, where you like earn your way up. To yeah, I, I won a couple of MLS titles with DC That's United, classic. folks. That was a hard one to read. That's a challenge. Yeah, DC I did the. Uh, <laughs> who did I do? Oh, I did Orlando one year mm. and won like a title and a half, and then moved to like um, Feyenoord in uh, the Dutch league, and then up, you know, from there. The uh, Scottish league's kind of fun. I. In, I had a football manager say where I did Aberdeen and like wanted to bring them up to Celtic and Rangers and like I don't know it's kind of fun you have to like you have this like dual monolith of Ch- Ch- or Celtic and Rangers just sitting there and you uh-huh. 
try and knock him down. It's a weird league. Yeah. Well, that's what it's supposed to be, you know? Yes. It wasn't Feyenoord. Now I'm really, oh, it was uh, Heronveen. SC Heronveen. So beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. There you go. In Eredivisie. Folks, I want to close today's podcast with a culinary tip for, for all you <laughs> la- lads and ladies out there. Mm. Lasses. Um, especially if you're a single person, that's a great, that's a great tip. You cook, you just marinate some chicken and cook it before the week starts. You cook that on like a Sunday night, right? Cool, right? cool. You just put your spices on there, leave it on the counter for 30 minutes before you cook it. You have to let the tip cook chicken. Chicken. Do you chicken now? Too. Would it be better to let it age overnight on the counter? Would you say, <laughs> no, that, no, that's going too far. Okay. Leave it all on right, the counter. Right. You got to <laughs> let it get away from fridge temperature because then the cooking will be uneven. And you also do not put it in a cold skillet. You will pre-warm the skillet, mm-hmm. and then you you dry you you cool and dry the chicken on the counter, and then you put it in the skillet. That's step one. Then you grill that. You finish it you cut it up and then you just you're gonna get yourself a couple of uh i think they're called chef express so the purple and green bags in the deli um that are the chopped caesar salad kits and then you're just gonna take the chicken you're gonna throw it in one of those kits mix it all together shake it up you got yourself a dinner in like 90 seconds and it's healthy and it's delicious and you can eat that twice a week and you know it's great for you so lads and lasses out there take note that's a fun fact for the people out there. And that's free. That's free. That's what, not even. Hey, what are, what are either of these two <laughs> schmucks giving you? You know, conspiracy <laughs> theories about parts of St. Louis that do not fucking exist. No, I'm even. giving you take home tips for your delightful <laughs> dinner experiences. They can so. take that home to downtown West where they live. Exactly. Oh, oh. Exactly. None of they no, can nobody. They can walk downstairs in their downtown West apartment. They can go to the culinaria, uh, which I think is powered by schnooks i believe in downtown west and they can <laughs> go into the deli section and follow steven's instructions powered by schnooks <laughs> I will what do you say to the great people of maggie o'brien's what do you say to them where do they right. I say they're in st louis just like uh, everyone else and they're in st louis yes but but specifically neighborhood wise where in the hills in st louis i would say right. they are they are west of the true center of downtown the bustling center it's a gibberish expression on top of just not existing i would say now i'm gonna go out on a limb here and ian let me know if you back this up or not hold on listen (laughs) you have never called it downtown west before the soccer team was there you cannot tell me that's just because i didn't know i learned because they made it out so that's why i think downtown west is more of like the center of the city than downtown personally are you I mean, you know I mean if, if we're being actually honest, like probably, probably, right? <laughs> probably, probably. More, there's probably more people that generally. That doesn't mean that's there. what they have to call it, you know. <laughs> separate, know. separate from that never-ending, the never-ending debacle. Uh, yeah, there's there's tons of people. You're Nobody s- goes down. So you're saying downtown West is separate but but equal, Ian? The same. I think what he's saying is that this conspiracy West. theory is propagated by racists is all I want oh, no. people to know. Oh no. Everyone's anyway, welcome in downtown West. I think uh-huh. what Ian is saying is that downtown West is downtown best. And that's, right. that's always been our policy. Downtown West is downtown. I'm not gonna even say less because it's not it's downtown <laughs> non-existent. It's downtown imaginary. This it's is downtown fictitious. I will erase it because it doesn't <laughs> exist. 
It's like the guys in that aha video, but that tick that that, that <laughs> y'all ever video. seen the aha video? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that cultural touchstone. Freaking frightening. Most people are hammers. They're... they were gonna kill them. I hope that there are people at uh at um at home who just wait for our downtown west fight and have like it's a like, drinking game you know don't worry don't it's worry these guys once we, every once we hit the hour mark on the podcast we'll fucking talk about downtown west here it comes i will we can, go, we can only go an hour uh on soccer talk after that it's all downtown west talk that's right and flags don't forget about flags we haven't done oh, yeah. flags in a while the city the flag for heron is is pretty classy you know mm-hmm. pretty straightforward here let me show you let me get your European flags feel like they know what they're doing. I love the white and the black, but it's classy. It's clean. I like that they did white and black. Was you now, don't see those yeah. colors a lot. Now, what's that clip art crown <laughs> yeah. doing there? That's that's my issue I have with it. I bet that looks better on the actual flag. That's my vibe on that. <laughs> I think that's a crappy Wikipedia reproduction. Oh, I see. You know, here, let's see if we can find it. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not like more intricacy on the crown, you know, a coat of arms sort of. This is where where folks need to, you know, look at the visual aspect of this podcast, which we have. I don't think we tell people that, but we have a visual podcast. If you want to watch it. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. See, that looks better, right? A little bit. I don't know. What's with all, what's this other stuff? This is the club. That's the soccer club. Interesting. What I wanted to do. I like that that's their corner flags, though. As I've always said, guys, frisk blood chop up. You know, that's yeah. been my lifetime expression. I've been trying to find a flag for Bridgeview, Illinois, but whenever I look up flag of Bridgeview, Illinois, it just shows me the American flag, and that is not what I'm looking for. This guy got his balls knocked pretty hard, apparently. Oh, oh here's the, the here's village. The- it's crazy to me that they're just like wild fan bases in like <laughs> mid-tier towns in the Netherlands, like, you know? Yeah. You play for like some team in the Balkans that has like mm-hmm. 30,000 screaming fans. Yeah. And freaking flamethrowers. Pretty like, cool. this. this is fire. Are we concerned hot, by the way? These flamethrowers are friggin' hot. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure Seth Rollins walks to the ring. You're feeling that shit from like 40, 50 yards away. I was like, how do they feel? When he did it at the Wrestle No, when he did it at the WrestleMania I went to in New Orleans, I was in the top deck. So I was easily, I don't know, 200 feet, 300 feet, like a football field away from these flames. And they were like uncomfortably hot for me. And I'm like, how are you walking on the stage? You must be melting. I anyway. don't know how more TFOs don't catch on fire. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is like moments away from catching on fire. That's like one brisk gust away from catching on fire. They'd love it. That's what they die for. Are exactly. are we concerned that Bridge Illinois doesn't have a flag? It looks like I'm a little bit concerned about that personally. You gotta have a flag house. Is it if you don't have a flag? How they know what you own. Right. Do you think Darden Prairie has a flag? Apparently not. I think that's why St. Louis lost in Bridgeview. You know, I think they're going to beat Chicago because Chicago understands what good flag life is all about. But Bridgeview, Illinois, when you play there, they don't understand what flag is about. What are we looking at here? Why do I kind of love this? (laughs) What am I looking at? It kind (laughs) of works. I don't know. St. Petersburg, Florida. 
that's uh that's very good actually and it's very I'm, inclusive it if i uh, rocks I if know. i was I'm from saint if i was from saint pete i'd have that flag everywhere yeah i mean are we being sarcastic or do we love it because i kind of love it I kind of sarcastically love it, but also unsarcastically love it. Is I mean, it's terrible, a... but it's great. Oh, if it has this white border around it, I'm less oh, into no. it distinctively. <laughs> no, but Why there's another they... one that doesn't, you know? Why would they do that? Oh, oh that's just okay. that's the one. That's the one. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of into it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of into that. For those that can't see this at home, it's like a rainbow, except not with like traditional rainbow colors. It's orange, red. Surprised they allow that. Green, me. light blue, and darker blue. Well, Ron DeSantis rips down everyone he sees, but that's a different <laughs> point. He's about <laughs> to do it, and he says, wait, 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 that's the St. Petersburg. <laughs> that's right. He's like, if I see it, then I then I can't say it anyway. But, um, and then it's got a nice big uh, pelican thing on it. I, I dig the, probably more like a spoon bill. I dig the negative space. Yeah, heron or whatever it is, mm. spoonbill. Yeah, pretty pelican, sweet. migratory bird. I bet all of those. <laughs> we all marine have, bird experts now. I bet all of those colors have, uh, you know, some significance. Oh yeah, oh, I, 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 I really I, need a Petersburg team that uses that and talks about that. The orange like, stands for it. In, it features an array of colors symbolic of St. Pete's culture, including the sunshine, water, and land. The idea <laughs> that's came all they the have. That's what the culture is. Logo. It's a sunset on the ocean. I get it now. I get that's it. That's right. The pelican in the <laughs> center became a culture. symbol for the Feed the Pelican Fund, which has supported the birds during the winter months. Does it? Isn't if if they can't survive during the winter months? Do they, they just go elsewhere? Do they feed them <laughs> themselves? Yeah. Are they responsible for feeding? Until they support them, they support them financially. Speaking of St. Petersburg, emotionally, is it emotional support? (laughs) Speaking of St. Petersburg, I believe Tampa is where the next uh, Grand Theft Auto is going to be set. Grand Theft Auto Six, not in you know it won't be real Tampa, but they will be. That poor that poor poor studio has been getting leaks and leaks and leaks, and apparently they leaked. This is actually uh, happening. Yeah, I know, but I feel yeah. like Grand Theft Auto has been out since I was Isn't in that elementary like school. A little bit too close to Vice City, though, isn't it? Like, I don't know. Okay, what do there's I know? the there's the leaked map, and then okay. map of Tampa Bay. That's too small. I need to zoom out. Too small. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> I can't, okay, I can't open. He's doing some quick. Now just click back and forth. Listen, I just want you to click back. And forth. <laughs> <laughs> I was told. I don't know. Oh, there we go. Anyway. Look at that. How's that look? Is that the I, right thing? I don't know. Maybe I'll I'm going to admit something to you all that I probably shouldn't be Uh-oh. admitting. But oh boy, it took me oh far boy. too long to realize that Tampa Bay was the name for the bay and not for like an actual city. That the actual city is Tampa. Like the Tampa yeah. Bay Rays were named after Tampa Bay as a city. They named after the area. And it took me far too long to know that. But I'm a big man. I oh, will that's admit, fine. I will admit where the gaps in my logic and my knowledge are. And it is in Tampa Bay's existence. <laughs> I was waiting for you to, you know, reveal where the bodies were. <laughs> in Tampa Which Bay. I am sure there are a few in Tampa <laughs> yeah. Bay. Steven. They don't bother. I don't know check. if you can you can confirm that or not for, but... for reasons uh <laughs> that on advice of counsel i can neither confirm that but um i'm sure that there probably are unrelated to me i have nothing to do with it, <laughs> you know but in any case. 
Folks, it's been fun. We've laughed, we've cried. We've yeah. talked about Klaus. We've lost games to Chicago Fire, but we will not lose another. Uh, remember, folks, as CM Punk once said, even through the darkest days, this fire burns always. That's right. It is in our hands. We must not fail. On to victory on Saturday. He also said, I'm tired of working with children. That's not exactly what he said. <laughs> he said, I'm hurt, I'm old, I'm tired, and I work with fucking <laughs> So yeah. And that doesn't if that doesn't describe Roman Berkey's post-game press conferences, I don't know what. <laughs> so folks, I hope you have a wonderful night and uh we will talk to you soon. Adios. See ya.